Hello, greetings, welcome to this next episode of the uh, program that has to do with um, recovery, different issues in recovery. So uh, each week we take a different issue that has to do with recovery. We talk about recovery having to do with um, addictions, recovery from mental illnesses, other types of afflictions, unhealthy attachments. Uh, you could say that many of us are in, most of us are in recovery of some sort. And we look at these issues in a broad sense in terms of healing and growth, uh, not only psychologically and behaviorally, but also spiritually. Uh, and so uh, we begin as we always do by uh, opening with prayer and just a brief period of stillness and quiet uh, so we can gather our thoughts to this uh, this program, this uh, material that we may hear today, uh, hear it with an open mind, uh, to hear it without distractions of other things going on in our lives, other noise and concerns of the world. And certainly these days there's a lot of concerns about what's happening in the world and in our communities and cities and nation. Uh, and so maybe just a few moments of peace and quiet and silence will help us to form our attention and our focus and let these other concerns go for just a short period as we focus on recovery issues. Uh, so we'll have this period of quiet and then we'll have our opening prayer. So if you're watching on uh, YouTube video, <clears throat> the opening prayer will be on your screen. You can say it with me. If you're listening on podcast, you can just uh, follow along as you listen. Uh, but we start, as always, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit, we call upon you now to join us in this hour in a special way. We ask for your wisdom and healing. Encourage and inspire us with clear thinking, understanding, and truth. Fill us with a deep and satisfying fire of your love. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Very good. Okay, as I mentioned, uh, some are listening to this program on podcast. Uh, this, this is uh, audio and video recording at the same time, so the video portion goes to our YouTube channel. It's uh, the YouTube of Grazia Plena and Dr. Ken. You can search it up that way on YouTube. And then um, if you're listening on podcasts, uh, we're on a number of different podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, <clears throat> um, Spotify. Uh, some of you like to listen on podcasts as you drive or as you walk or exercise or do uh, cleaning around the house. 
and others of you like to sit still with the video and take notes, either way is perfectly okay. I hope, I hope that you can benefit from this content in whatever format that you find yourself in. So last time, last episode, we talked about fears and resentments, two big topics for recovery. Uh, we talked about how these topics are really critically important in most people's recovery, uh, but also very challenging work. It's not easy to address fears and resentments. Uh, we would rather kind of push them out into the shadows and not deal with them. Uh, many times we just learn to live with our fears and resentments, and that's quite unfortunate uh, because that's no way to live. Uh, many times what we're medicating with our uh, use of substances or sex or our overwork or gambling, any, any of our addictions, what we're medicating uh, in ourselves are these fears and resentments. And sometimes they become triggers uh, for this self-medication. And so looking at them can be really essential in terms of our recovery work. We talked about fears and resentments as also being stumbling blocks for love. Uh, we know, uh, we talked about last episode, this beautiful chapter uh, four from the first letter of John in the New Testament talks about perfect love, driving out fear, really a good chapter to check out. <clears throat> uh, we also talked about um, the importance of doing a self-examination uh, so that you can identify these fears and resentments that you may be dealing with, kind of take an inventory, take stock of them. Last episode, we talked about a couple of ways of doing that. Uh, the point is to get to the root of them, to get to the roots of these fears and resentments so you can root them out, so you can pull them out, so they won't keep coming back and bothering us uh, over and over again. Uh, and we, we know that entitlement, for example, is at the root of resentment, a sense of entitlement about something. Uh, we'd also talked last time about a work of forgiveness, uh, receiving forgiveness from God, uh, being able to forgive ourselves and being able to forgive others. That, that often is part of this work on fear and resentment in our recovery. Uh, and I, I don't, I don't think I actually mentioned last time, but I thought about it this morning as I was preparing the PowerPoint. Uh, there's a beautiful prayer called the Litany of Trust. Um, from St. Faustina Maria Pia of the Sisters of Life out of New York. You can find it on the internet and you can order uh, beautiful little uh, handout copies of this Litany of Trust. Really a great thing. I recommend it to my clients all the time. Uh, so check that out too. All right, so today I have 10 thoughts for you on honesty and recovery. Um, <clears throat> hopefully I won't be coughing or hacking too much. Today we're having a big heavy dust storm in Houston, uh, dust coming from Sahara, Africa, across the uh, ocean is uh, covering Houston today. It's making it a little hard for some of us to breathe. So I'm sniffling and coughing a little bit because of the dust. So hopefully it won't interrupt us too bad today. 10 thoughts on honesty and recovery. Here's the first one. Um, Alcoholics Anonymous famously mentions rigorous honesty as an essential ingredient of recovery. Um, from, from the Alcoholics Anonymous big book, um, chapter five, uh, listen to this uh, first paragraph, what, what they say about honesty. This was written in the 1930s, almost 100 years ago, you know? So listen to this wisdom, this psychological wisdom. 
from Alcoholics Anonymous. Here's what they say. Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. They're talking about fail in terms of sobriety and recovery from alcoholism. Rarely have we seen a person fail. Those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program, usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. They're saying the people that often fail are the ones that are constitutionally, so it's almost like they're born incapable of being honest with themselves. Now, that, that I don't know about in terms of whether you're born with uh, with uh, not being capable to be honest, but, but they're talking about this as, for some people, a really deep, deep problem, constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. Uh, they go on. There are, there are such unfortunates. They are not at fault. They seem to have been born that way. They are naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. Rigorous honesty. Their chances are less than average. There are those, too, who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders, but many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest. Uh, wow, very amazing uh, from chapter five in the AA Big Book. Uh, the chapter five is entitled How It Works. They're talking about um, how people can recover from uh, the addiction to alcohol. This, I think this, this paragraph that they talked about really is, involves recovery from almost anything including mental illnesses, uh, the treatment for mental illnesses in terms of psychotherapy counseling, uh, rigorous honesty is really important uh, in order for the counselor to be able to do good work with you. Human psychological tendency is towards self-protection and defense, and perhaps this is what they're referring to as, as the difficulty with honesty for some, for some people. Uh, but I would say that generally, broadly, as a group of human beings, uh, we have this, this psychological tendency toward protecting ourselves psych psychologically uh, from anxiety and stress and anything that might make us uncomfortable. We have these kind of defense mechanisms. And um, sometimes that means <clears throat> that we may be dishonest uh, to kind of protect ourselves. Uh, we even see it in children. Uh, children will sometimes not be honest because they're uh, nervous about telling the truth. They are afraid they're going to get in trouble and so forth. Uh, we see similar things with some adults. Um, so it's kind of a natural tendency, uh, maybe not the way that we were created from God, but a consequence of the fall, perhaps. That might be an interesting discussion for theologians. I'm not really a theologian, um, but the, the idea of... Um, this tendency towards psychiatric, psychological self-protection or defense, if that was the way that we were created or if it's a consequence of the fall, which is what I suspect. Um, uh, so there is this temptation also to set up and maintain false selves. So what is a false self? A false self is um, that my identity is based on my material possessions and my salary, my bank account, so forth, um, I might have a false self attached to those things. So as long as I have a nice car, fancy house, 
a good high paying job, then I feel good about myself. Um, and if I don't have those things and I, I, I feel like there's something lacking in me somehow that so we call it a false self. Um, false selves all, also have to do with kind of status or power. Uh, there's other things like that that are involved with the false selves. Um, and so the temptation on being dishonest, not being honest, sometimes is because we're protecting these kind of false selves or propping them up. And so maybe we exaggerate about our job or our salary. Maybe um, we go out and buy a fancy car when we really don't have the money to do that, take out a big loan and so forth. Um, and so this this honesty uh, is, is shown up in trying to maintain a false self and protect our image, as if you will. Uh, we also find, uh, this is the fourth point on honesty, we find sometimes that um, being dishonest is related to feeling deep sense of shame about ourselves, feeling that we're not worthy, that we're uh, embarrassed about who we are and how, we, how we've been acting. Um, and so we'll be dishonest and hide and keep things in secret about what we're really doing, uh, almost as if we set up uh, a public image and a secret image. Uh, now we, of course, and God, of course, knows about the two, uh, the two selves that we're, that we're operating, um, but many times other people don't know that. And so we, we're dishonest in that way. We have a fear of people really knowing us, what's going on with us. And so I think the fourth point is that sometimes our, our honesty is connected to and covering up uh, shame and keeping things secret. Uh, the fifth point, honesty is really you know, defined, we think of definition of honesty as speaking and acknowledging the truth uh, about ourselves to God, to our own self, and to others. Um, and, and sometimes it's difficult for us to even see the truth about ourselves. We, we have this, as I'm, as I'm mentioning, this psychological uh, tendency to fool ourselves or to hide things even from our own self uh, as a protective mechanism, as a defense mechanism. And, uh, and so uh, becoming honest is, is kind of being able to present ourselves to God and acknowledge ourselves on others as we really are uh, in an honest way. Uh, number six, um, often in recovery, as a person's seeking healing and they're getting going in their recovery, uh, sometimes they want to disclose everything about their past, all the awful things they've done, uh, the things that they've thought, uh, all the ways that they've treated others. They want to disclose these things and make a big confession to a spouse about affairs in the past or pornography things and harming others. They want to disclose these things and get them off their chest. Um, and we know that sometimes people will say, well, I just got to be honest. You know, I, here I am being honest. I'm going to drop this bomb because I want to be honest. We have to be really, really careful about that because uh, we, we realize that uh, sometimes in our enthusiasm for recovery and getting better, uh, that we may have this compulsion to be honest suddenly, uh, but it can be very harmful to others. It can actually in, end up harming others worse than we've already harmed them. So we really need to rein that in. It's not that we're being dishonest or keeping secrets, but we're being very careful and wise about what we present to others in terms of being honest. Um, and so we should check 
check those plans for disclosure out with a sponsor from the 12-step program or a counselor or someone that really knows us well, has our best uh, intent, some, someone that uh, is wise about these things. Um, next, we, we can practice honesty in small ways every day um, through little things that we do, you know, being honest with the restaurant, being honest at the store in our work. Uh, and we can also practice honesty by making a good truthful confession. Uh, for those of us that are Catholic, we make a confession of our sins to the priest. We can be honest in, in, in disclosing our sins uh, clearly and accurately and, and openly and honestly. Um, next, we, we learned that um, this learning about honest, honesty and how to live a life in an honest and in, uh, in, integrated way is part of the process of recovery. It unfolds over time. If we've been dishonest in the past, which is common for many of us, uh, we recognize that we can't just like flip the light switch on and suddenly we're going to be honest uh, in everything that we do. It usually doesn't work like that. So, so uh, recovering uh, in, in honesty is not a quick fix. It's something that we gradually learn. We may make mistakes from time to time and still slip up uh, by keeping things secret or not being honest. Uh, so it's not a quick fix to learn this, but it's a process just like the recovery process unfolds over time. So we have to be patient with ourselves. Uh, our loved ones need to be patient with us as we learn to be rigorously honest, as it says in the big book. Um, one of the things that's common is uh, sharing our testimony, sharing about our life, what's happened to us um, in our recovery journeys, perhaps, in our Christian conversion, perhaps, sharing our testimony, what we were like, what happened to us, and what we're like now. Uh, this is a good thing. This is a very positive thing. Uh, this is, means that we're being honest kind of out in public or with, with someone we're trying to help. Um, so being honest about ourselves in this way uh, out of an interest of helping others is really a Christian tradition. Uh, it's how many people have been converted to the faith. And so uh, it's really a good, uh, wonderful thing as we uh, have a significant amount of healing, we can begin to share our testimony to others in an honest way. Um, I think honesty has some relationship to humility. So I look at humility as having an honest view of who I am. Uh, humility is recognizing I'm not God, because if I thought I was God or acted like I was God or, or, or had beliefs like I'm so great, that really wouldn't be humility. Uh, at the same time, if I lived in great shame and I thought I was awful and horrible and just a worm, um, that might also not be humility. Uh, and so honesty and humility are, are being able to look at myself accurately to see the good that's in me, the, the attributes of God that may reside in me from how I was created, as well as character defects and other issues and sins that are going on with me, weaknesses and temptations. Those things are part of who I am, too, although I'm learning to try to be a better person. I uh, recognize that I'm some mixture of, of these wonderful uh, assets and defects at the same time. I think that's humility. I think that's honesty. Being comfortable with that, where I am, is kind of a key part of recovery as well. So that's the 10 kind of points about honesty. So how can we practice honesty? I kind of talked about it just a touch in the 10 points 
So let's focus a little bit more on this. How can we learn and live honesty and integrity? Uh, here's one idea. Have a sincere desire for honesty and pray for that grace. Um, have, a, have a desire. So, Lord, I want to be honest. Lord, help me to be honest. Um, guide my thoughts. Take temptations away from me, fears and things that would lead me to be dishonest. And so it's almost like we, we beg God to help us be dishonest. We have a great desire, so we make it a priority in our recovery. Uh, that's really an important first step is to have that to sincere desire, to pray for that desire. Um, the second step is to then constantly self-monitor self -monitor ourselves for, for our honesty. So uh, sometimes we can catch ourselves very quickly after we've been dishonest or not told the full truth or hidden something, and then you know we can correct it uh, quickly. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, in, in the... Um, Jesuit tradition from St. Ignatius of Loyola, uh, I believe the Jesuits had actually two periods of examination of conscience during the day. Uh, they would make one exam at noon at lunchtime for kind of like the morning, the first half of the day, and then they would have another exam and an examination of conscience uh, in the evening at bedtime to think about that period between lunchtime and the evening. You know, and, and they think about uh, how, how we conducted ourselves, whether we fell into sin, uh, including honesty. And so uh, through your examination of conscience, whether it be once or twice a day, uh, you can ask yourself, have I been uh, honest, rigorously honest? Have I uh, fallen in that some way? Um, if we identify uh, being dis that we were dishonest, we might wonder which character defect was behind it. So if I go to the grocery store and the clerk gives me back an extra $5 that I didn't deserve, um, if I recognize that and I something in me says, oh, Ken, don't tell her, just take it as a blessing and walk out the door. If I, if I recognize that I did that um, and I get to my car and I think, well, Ken, that was really dishonest. What's wrong with you? Then uh, I'm, I might wonder what was the character defect that was behind that? So was it a sense of entitlement that, hey, you know, you're entitled to get free money? Um, was it a fear that if I gave the money back that the other person standing in line would say, look at that guy, he's a fool for giving her the $5 back. Um, so I, I could ask myself, what was the character defect that, that allowed me or encouraged me to be dishonest in that moment? It helps me to get to the roots of the issue. The roots of the issue are what I really need to uh to do in my recovery uh, to, to make progress on these things. Um, when wrong, promptly admit it. This is, a, again, a, uh, a part of the 12-step program. When we find ourselves are wrong, we're wrong, we promptly admit it. So if I'm having this conversation with me in, this, in the grocery store parking lot, I go back inside and I say, oh, you gave me five bucks too much. Here's your five bucks back. Um, being in the being in the practice of when we're wrong, promptly admit our dishonesty. This teaches us not to be afraid of dishonesty, and gradually we learn um, that that it's okay to be honest. In fact, it's a good thing to be honest, um, and that we shouldn't be afraid of it, uh, whatever the cause of it. Um, I would say if you want to learn how to practice honesty, if you're Catholic, 
go to confession regularly. And I think for those of us in recovery, monthly is really a good idea. Um, I know some people like to go more often. Some people like to go once a year. I know some people don't go at all. But I would say if you're in recovery, uh, try to go to confession regularly. That helps us to be able to be practice honesty and, and self-examination, which are important part of our growth. Um, so those are some thoughts on uh, honesty and recovery today. Um, I always put this link for our website uh, to get some more resources for recovery from addictions, uh, especially uh, pornography and infidelity, those kinds of sexual addictions. Uh, on our website, we have a link of resources. It's under the uh, About Us section, I think, um, on the menu system, and, and look for that list of resources. At the top of the list of resources, there's some COVID resources. If you scroll down a little bit, you'll see lists of books and articles and websites and things. It could be helpful. If you're, look, if you're watching this on a YouTube video, uh, I have the QR code for you to shoot here with your phone. Also, the link is printed out there as well. Um, so, as always, we're going to close with the St. Michael the Archangel prayer. Um, so let's begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. Do thou, Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who roam throughout the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Um, next meeting, our topics is going to be humility and recovery. Uh, I mentioned humility today, but we're going to spend uh, a little bit more time on it next session, next uh, week. I try to put these videos out on Thursday evenings or Fridays so that you can have access to them for the weekend, uh, where you might have more time to uh, enjoy them. Uh, also welcome you sharing these videos or podcasts with your friends or posting them someplace where people might see them. Uh, we often try to post them on our social media channels as well. Um, and then uh, always the last thing is to mention that this is a free program. We don't charge people for access to this content on this podcast or the YouTube videos. Um, and if you would like to support our work, Grazia Plena is a, an official 501c3 faith-based nonprofit charity. Uh, so we survive on service fees, but also especially donations. Um, if you go to our website and the banner at the top, you'll see uh, the donate button. Uh, also on the video, if you're seeing this, you can shoot the QR code and see the website link uh, for our uh, page on the website where you can enter credit card information. Uh, we don't store any credit card information, so you'll have to do it uh, each time. Uh, we want to keep people's credit cards safe, uh, and we welcome any donations that you might want to give, 5, 10, 25. We're perfectly happy with uh, any of that. Uh, if you're having a trouble financially these days because you're not working, we certainly understand that. And we want you to be able to enjoy this content as well. Uh, so that's it for today. I hope you have a good week. Until we meet next time, God bless you. Take care. Bye now.